This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here. And this week, we have a bit of a like, more unusual conversation for you. Um, it kind of unfolded very in a very flowing way. So Jane and I are actually recording this introduction separately from the conversation. Do you want to take yeah. something? Do you want to? So this kind of flowed out of our sort of preamble with our coming guest, Lisa Wilson. And our intention was originally to chat about how she has taken personal responsibility for her for her health through her own she's got a very interesting health journey and health story which we do actually touch on but not nearly as in depth as we had planned in this conversation but we hit record and the conversation just sort of flowed and we realized that we we weren't actually hadn't set ourselves up to record as if it was the podcast and so but the directions that we went were so good there was just yeah. So there's a lot of directions that we go in this conversation, but we wanted to, we decided to just bring you into the conversation because we feel that like there was a lot of different areas and touch points that might bring value um, yeah. to you, the listener. So yeah, bit of a different style this week. Different style. And on that note, I think we actually introduce, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Lisa before we drop you into the conversation so that you have some context about her and then you're, Jane and I are going to sign off or you'll drop right into the conversation that we have with Lisa. So be like Lisa, a fly on the wall. Yeah, you'll be a fly on the wall. And it's just, you, it's something quite different this week, but we hope you enjoy it. So Lisa is a leadership vision coach and a human resources cultural consultant. Her passion is teaching leaders to effectively lead their teams by creating exceptional workplace cultures. And you'll hear her talk about that in the context of this conversation. Witnessing the impact of both poor and great leadership, she now devotes herself to coaching leaders so that their teams can experience the excellence that they deserve. Lisa believes that leadership is not only about the people around you, it's about leading yourself in a way that allows you to show up for your team as the best version of yourself. Her experiences in her experience in human resources and her own health struggles have taught her the importance of the dual paths of leadership. So on that note, I think we're just going to hop right into the conversation. Jane and I both hope you enjoy it. Do you have any last words before we um, drop it in, Jane? No, I don't think so. Like you say, I really hope that you enjoy it and that you find um, you know, some value and some little things within it that make you think. A lot of our goal on this podcast is to just drop things in to help shift a perspective or ask some more questions. So I guess... My last tidbit as I'm talking would be maybe approach this conversation from a place of curiosity versus judgment. And that's something we've talked about before, but come with curiosity and start thinking about some of the different areas that we question and that we go down um, and see what comes out of that for you. And if you're compelled, we'd love for you to share it with us um, because, you know, we think there's, there's some big topics that we can unpack here. Yeah, there's always value. There's always value in conversation. So thanks again for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'd love to hear from you. And without further ado, here's the convo. Thanks so much. It ties into, I sent Jen, um, which I've seen this this meme graphic a number of times as well, but um, somebody in my Facebook um, posted it again that the saying that the obligation for women mother work, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the obligation for working mothers is very precise one. The feeling that one ought to work as if one did not have children while raising one's children as one, as if one did not have a job. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's, yes. it's such a, like, it's so true. Yeah. And 
and I've always struggled a little bit with this. There's a little, there is a, also a level of enabling that women do. Mm-hmm. And at, this is back to the personal responsibility conversation, right? At what point, and to what you were saying, like, at what point do we have to take responsibility for allowing that to happen? Yes. And at what point can we start to collectively start to speak up and put our foot down and say, like, this doesn't work, but that doesn't mean that I don't deserve to be in the C-suite or that. Yeah. yeah. I worked somewhere where I like, I, well, everywhere I worked was mostly men. I was usually the only female on the management team. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was particularly difficult because I was at a mine. It was 45 minutes from my house. Wow. Um, so I drove 45 minutes, but we had to be there for 7 a.m. because that's when in a mine they go, the team goes down the shaft and then you don't see them for the day. So if you're not there in the morning for the morning meeting, you don't see them. So I had to be there at seven, but then I was still staying till five. Well, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so I realized somewhere along the way that, you know what? I'm the only one here without a wife. And I know that sounds terrible, Mm -hmm. but they all had wives at home Mm -hmm. who were doing the cleaning and doing the cooking and doing all of that. And I was like, I don't have that. I have to go do it myself. I have to mow my own lawn. I have like, you know, so after a while I was like, if I come in at seven, I am not staying until five. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and that was the first time in my life I'd ever done that. Cause my mom raised me like you, um, when I was going to school, I would come home and work at a mill and they would give me 40 hours a week. And then sometimes they'd offer the students cause the, the people that work there regularly didn't want to work overtime on the weekends. So they'd offer it to the students. It was great. We made great money. So I did it once. And my mom said to me, if you work 40 hours, you don't work overtime again. That's enough. You're not doing that. She said, right now, your job is to go to school. Yes, you need to work to make money right now, but 40 hours a week and you're done. Your weekends are yours. That's it. So I had that like training from a young age and I've worked for some great companies that didn't (laughs) expect that. This was the first time that mine was the first time that the expectation was there. Like the company before the mine, my boss watched me walk back to work one day and he saw me walking on the street because we all lived on the same block. He was watching me walk down the uh, to go do an interview at six o'clock because I had like people can't come to interview when they're working right mm-hmm. like they need after hours so I was going back to work at six o'clock he goes where are you going I said well back to work I'm doing an interview for whatever job he goes get a life <laughs> great yeah, really and clearly like so awesome yeah we need more of that right it's, yeah yeah but it, it is such a culture and it and it's it disproportionately impacts women but it does impact men as well I think you know yeah. that just that culture like I see my husband struggle yes. with it um yeah you know in his work and yeah it's um it's and the the pandemic has highlighted it but it's not something new from the pandemic it has highlighted it and it has probably exacerbated it but this is something that you know yeah and and it's tricky like even you know and I have two girls and I have worked for myself for over 10 years now and my husband doesn't and it's quite interesting though to see like even that narrative where it's like oh well you work for yourself so you have flexibility well (laughs) I get that one too well why didn't you just do that in the day because I'm working yeah Yeah. just because I work from home doesn't mean I'm not working Right. Yeah. And you know, well, I have a boss, I have a boss to report into. Well, if I don't actually do my work, I don't actually have a business. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it's, it's so interesting, just the different, the corporate culture mentality, the work, you know, work from home mentality, the entrepreneur, um, and finding those, those balances. And, you know, we're going through something right now with one of my daughters and all of a sudden it's like, I seem to be the one again, that's like managing what's happening as well as trying to run my business. Mm-hmm. And and it's not to say that he's just like not doing anything, but it's like, there's this expectation or, you know, I'm curious, like, how would your company react if you said, listen, like, I actually have some parenting duties that are like, I have a bit of a family emergency um, with my kids, but there's also this culture where I think there's still these barriers and he's pretty, he's pretty um, like forward thinking or like, you know, he's not a traditional, you know, let's say old school mentality, 
but there's still a corporate, there's still, it's so interesting to me how insidious it is and how underlying it is where it's like, you know, to say that feels vulnerable. Yes. Especially as a man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But don't you have a wife to do that? Right. That's That's, like, I don't know if they would say it out loud. No, I was going to say, I don't think that would be, that wouldn't be said. It's where, that's a really interesting point. Like, are we at this place where we now know not to say those things? But, but it still doesn't mean them. we still expect them and we still no, think so, them. So my, I think one of the biggest issues in our world is political correctness. And here's why. It hides the people who have those thoughts. If oh, they I were totally allowed to say it out that. loud, if they were allowed to say it out loud, we would know. And we, we could address it. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, and we could trust it. And so while Trump was bad in the U.S., like, while everyone, you know, didn't like him from a higher perspective, kind of that, um, I'll say the woo woo perspective, he let us know where people were. Yeah. So I had friends that used to live in Florida for half the year. And once he got in power, they lost a lot of friends because what she said is so many topics now have become taboo because we think so differently. And Trump has given them the permission to say the things that they weren't allowed to say before. Now they have permission to say it. And I was like, okay, awful, because my heart breaks that you're losing all these friends and they eventually sold their house. They, they, they don't bother to go back. I think that was partially pandemic, but mm-hmm. they, they lost all these friends. I'm like, so my heart goes out to you. But at the same time, I'm like, good. Because you know who they good. are. You know who people you know really are. You know where they stand, right? So you can't and until it something starts, unless it's said. Exactly. No, yeah. that's, a, that's a really interesting point and very true, right? Like, you're right. And that's what we're hearing a lot too. Like, all of these things are just bubbling under the surface. Black Lives Matter, Me Too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, again, like the working mom thing. It's like, this is not new. It's nope. just yeah. never, yeah. it's just, yeah, it hadn't, but there hadn't been this polarity to actually just pull the mask off and say, this is the ugly truth. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard of a book called Burnout from Emily and uh, have you yeah. heard of Emily and ne- Nega? Oh, yeah. What's there? I do know the book. Nagoski, I think yeah, it is. Ne- yeah. Nagoski. Yeah. Oh, no. Emily and Amelia. Ne- yes. Yeah. Emily yeah, and Amelia. Sisters, right? Yeah. I just finished it. Um, I didn't expect it because I listened to their, their podcast with uh, Brene Brown Brene. and they really only touched on the first chapter, but the rest of the chapters are really amazing as to why why things I it's almost like a feminist book I don't think that's how they're selling it but when I read it it's very it feels very much like that Mm -hmm. and that whole view of um there's a chapter that talks about mice and how they put mice under small stressors Mm -hmm. so maybe a flickering light over them and to get to their food they had to go on an incline and just small stressors and they compare it to women and so our whole lives, we're constantly coming up the hill instead of just having the flat surface like the men do, because, you know, kids, everything else, um, the expectations of us. Yeah. So um, I heard uh, Glennon Doyle speaking mm-hmm. and she was and I didn't hear the whole thing, but I just heard her say, why is one half of the population so ugly that they have to put makeup on every day, but the other half doesn't have to? And I was like, you know what? All of those little things are little stressors that men don't have. So Mm -hmm. our hair needs to be perfect. We have to have makeup on. So just to leave the house, the amount of stuff we have to do outside of having kids and dressing them and all that good stuff, just our own selves to get up and get out the door, we have to do that much more. And then there's the jokes about, oh, women take a long time. Well, because it's expected of us. And we feel like we can't go out without Mm -hmm. makeup, you know? It's so heartbreaking and so true and then we vilify each other because that's the social construct around that so then there's that fear of judgment there's that this is what's expected to operate in this patriarchally constructed world and then there's the the internalized patriarchy that we inflict on each other as women with those expectations and the judgments and the snide comments and those all those little pinpricks that Mm-hmm. you know, death, like the death by a thousand paper cuts expression yes, yeah, yeah. Mind, where it's just, it's just so, and we see it in girls in school, we see it in bullying, we see it in, you know, so not only there's bullying from boys, but there's bullying from girls too. Girls are is, worse. Yes, I, bully, girls bullying girls yeah. is worse than boys. 
Yeah. It's also back to the C-suite conversation. You have yeah. to be a bitch to climb the ladder. And yes. when you get up to the top, you have, you you are this like cold, cold, untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. Woman cool. who's operating like a man. One yes. of my clients who is retired from C-suite, but still sits on a lot of boards said that when they were, um, when they were at the top of their game, they said, if anybody wanted to have a conversation with me, I told them they could walk with me to my, to my next meeting. They're like, if you want to talk to me, you can walk with me to my next meeting. That's how yeah. long you have. And it's partly the hours and the expectations that they put on themselves in that situation. And also partly that that was the structure in which they were operating. And mm -hmm. they had that fierce determination to get to that level. So it's, it's so, ah. Uh, so what's the, what's the, what's the direction? Like what's, I want to say, what's the solution, but that's really uh, reducing this whole thing. But you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I think it's each, I, I've gone from, so I was, you know, on my, on the ladder going to the C-suite and I was mm -hmm. doing all that. And I, I came to the realization that I didn't want that. Like I had, I was working at a company and I had my <clears throat> HR director sit with me. We went, actually, we we're at a baseball game in the U S and he said, you know, what's your, what's your plan? And I laughed and he said, what? And I said, well, you got to retire someday. <laughs> and he was like, uh, and we, you know, we had a good laugh about it or whatever, but I said, well, that's kind of my next goal. But then I looked at what he did and he wasn't with people all day. And that's mm -hmm. where I wanted to be. So I stopped that want to climb the ladder because I, you know, that just wasn't, it was one of those realizations that it was the next logical step, but it's not where I want to be. I didn't want to be in a, in a C-suite. Um, other thing for us where I live, uh, if I was going to be at the C-suite, I'd have to move back to Toronto, which I have no interest. I like where I live. I like the space. I like the, mm -hmm. you know, I like Northern Ontario, but yeah, it was, it was just interesting to that, you know, that was where I was going and then went, no, <laughs> nope, not doing that. Yeah. Which, and then, but then, and then there's another, like, that's the other level, right? Like you were saying earlier too, then you have these women that kind of look and go, I don't actually want that. Like, I don't want that because that doesn't fit me as a female and as a woman yeah. in the life that I want to create. I mean, that's partly like before I got into coaching um, and doing what I'm doing now, I was in marketing and yes. I ran my own marketing business for eight, nine years consulting and it was doing really well. And it, you know, and on one hand, it's interesting because I was about to say, and I've often said, like, I hit my glass ceiling. However, if I really start to unpack that, did I actually hit the glass ceiling or was it kind of similar to what you're saying where I knew that to continue, like I, I pretty much had hit six figures with that business and, yeah. but it was at the sacrifice of my health and my well-being. And I was, again, I was juggling. I had a husband at that time. He was in a job that he traveled yeah. in. I had two kids. Um, and I was trying to juggle it all. And I just got to the point where I just went and said, I can't do this. And I'm also looking at my family and I'm like, my kids aren't thriving. This is yeah. not like, and so it was a conscious choice in the end to say, I got to move out of this because even though I worked for myself, there was still the drive, it's the drive and the, like to be Got in food. that, right. And yeah. in that, you're still kind of in that corporate, especially yes. in that work, you're still in that corporate kind of environment. And so, yeah, in order to, to yeah. knowing what I needed to do to break through and to keep where I was at, but make it more sustainable or to go up to that next level felt like, and I'm not saying that like, you know, sure there's probably mindset work I could have done and there's some other stuff I could have done, mm -hmm. but it kind of did feel a bit more like what you're sharing. We're just looking and going, actually, I'm just going to completely pivot and go away yeah. from that. That's not where mm -hmm. I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so, bringing me joy. It's not going to be my highest, whatever. Um, no, like I really, can see it's me, not it serving like, me. No. To, and mine, the big one was I am not moving back to Toronto. Like I right. just thought I'm not doing that. And at the time mm -hmm. the like the possibility of being the HR director wasn't outside of a big city somewhere. That's where the head offices are or were. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that, I think we might see a change in that mm -hmm. after COVID. I think mm -hmm. that some of that is going to change, but there was no way I was doing that. I, I just, my sister and I talked about this at the end of the day, I'm a small town girl. And she said to me one day, she said, you know, you thrive when you're back in the North. I said, I do. I just, I need open spaces. I need, you know, mm -hmm. place to be outside. I need that. But someone said to me once, oh, Toronto's one of the best cities for having, you know, green space. And I'm like, 
Yeah. If you come and live where I live, you have no friggin' clue. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's good compared to cities. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're comparing, you're comparing it to New York. I don't know. Yeah, like, come, know. come to Northern Ontario because, see, I've got like, we, we have bear problems constantly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know why? Because the bush is right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally right next to us. Right. Yeah. My yeah. friends who live on the North Shore in Vancouver and they're constantly, it's like, it's just, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the bear highway. And like, there's hiking yeah. trails everywhere. And it's just part of, it's just part of life, you know? Yeah. Like, there's still cougars still come into Victoria. <laughs> to hunt down the deer you're like well I, yeah. you don't want to mess That's with nature the it's, yeah, it's nature. nature it's right it's literally at your doorstep yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah toronto like oh it's so many green spaces i was like um how many cities have you no no <laughs> like, it's not yeah, the same but they the the person that was saying it was a city planner so he, right, like, he was right, aware right. of how much green space was purposely put places yeah but mm-hmm. I, but i was like it's right. like comparing if, apples to oranges, right? Yeah, like, that's what I said. Yeah. I said, but if you're where we're from, it's not like that. Like we literally have skidoo trails in our backyard. Like it's awesome. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we just hear the skidoos go by all the time. <laughs> and uh, they're going and, from town to town on those trails, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, which is amazing, right? That's yeah. I definitely feel that pull too. Like even right now, yeah. where I'm, I mean, I live in like on the west coast and out Mm -hmm. in it sort of outside of vancouver and we do like jen was saying we do still have lots of nature but even still i'm feeling this pull to move further out like i'm just like i want exactly what you're talking about like i want the forest right at my yeah Yeah. right in my backyard and just untouched space like Mm -hmm. uh, yeah Yeah. it's definitely something that see (laughs) i think and it's calling more and more of us right and again start to look at that and go huh interesting why what's going on here yeah no um and if you're at all empathetic that's part part of what it is for me i can't be big time me too um i didn't realize it until i started doing reiki and things like that but i'm very sensitive and i pick on up on everybody's stuff so like even uh, when Mm -hmm. i did i have lived in toronto when i lived in toronto i felt like this all the time Mm -hmm. because i on a subway i was picking up everybody's stuff yeah. And so I would, when I got home, I was like, oh, thank God. My friend would be like, do you want to go do this thing? And I was like, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go back out with those people again. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I went to a, uh, I went to a live networking event on Tuesday night at the university mm-hmm. and it, like, it was great. Cause it was like my first live networking in a while. And it was a networking event about networking. So that yeah. was kind of cool. And, yes. you know, I was at a table for six and there were just five of us nice to exchange information and to talk about careers and to interact with other humans. But I, you know, just in that two hour event, I got home and I'm like, oh, I'm tired, yeah. you know, and it's part of it is the peopling when we haven't done that so frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is that aspect of being on for a period of time where it's more than a screen and you're receptive to others, energy, mm-hmm. all those pieces. And it's, I think that's also an aspect of owning your gifts is understanding the limits and the boundaries around your gifts. Yes. I kind of feel like we're just diving straight into the podcast episode. So I think <laughs> Sorry. We're just, no, no, no it's good. Just nothing to story about. Some way or, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll record the, I'll record the intro separately okay. later. Yeah. So you're yeah. all going to hear this, everyone who's listening, yeah. but I think this is just a beautiful segue into this conversation around taking that responsibility for the gifts that you have. And putting those practices in place that keep you healthy, keep you centered, keep you um, in a place where you can interact health in a healthy way with your family, with your relationships, with um, your workplace, whether it's online or in person. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I have, I'm a highly sensitive um, person as well. And my daughters both are, but one of them is extremely. And we literally actually just had this conversation last night where I had to talk to her about energetic boundaries and that she's picking up other people's emotions and other people's Mm -hmm. stuff. And so it's quite fascinating to start to teach her at this young age to go, you need to check in, like, is this even yours? Like, if you're feeling angry, is that your anger? Or is that outside sources that you're picking up and like teaching her how to release it? Because it's like you say, like you come, it's a (laughs) subtle thing. Like we don't really realize we're doing it, but it's what causes so much angst and Mm -hmm. illness. Ultimately it can. Um, Well, and and I have that. So you were talking, we were talking earlier about the kids that, that we're as females expected to take care of the kids as, as far mm -hmm. as the emotional piece. Yes. 
but it's partially too, because if you're like me, we pick it up. Yeah. So my stepkids yeah. have been going through something recently and I've been noticing it for a while, um, but they wouldn't come and talk to us about it. So I was getting to the point where now I get angry because I know I can feel it. Yeah. yeah. I can feel it on them. And so I finally, but it's not the best way, but I end up getting angry with them and then we get in an argument and they finally tell me what then it all comes out. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) why? I'm like, why do we have to get here? Just tell me, like, you know, you're going to eventually tell me you always do. Like it's been five (laughs) years of this. Can we just stop now? Right. You know? So I'm like, why do I have to get angry for you to say what's there? And then we can actually have a conversation about it. Um, and you know, deal with whatever it is. And, but both it's the same way, but I realized that I'm taking them on so much that it starts to affect me. And I watch my own mental health start to slip. Yep. And I think, oh, and then I think, why am I like, why am I eating something right now? Cause well, what we were going to talk about, but the whole health thing, <laughs> it's really important for me to be solid in what I'm supposed to be eating. Mm-hmm. And, and I find myself going like, where is the chocolate? Yep. Yeah, really so fascinating. Hey, milky chocolate right now. But yeah, it's and it's all, not mine. Exactly. Yeah, but and it takes so much practice and awareness. Yeah, and that's back to the responsibility, right? Like, and yeah. recognizing because we're in a bit of a season of that over here too. And yeah. it's funny as you were sharing that story, it made me laugh a little bit because I am exactly. It's like I have the antennas out all the time going like bing 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 okay what's everybody got going on and like sometimes I can like go to my husband and I'm like oh my gosh this is happening whatever and he's like whoa chill out like why are you making a mountain out of a molehill and (laughs) and then that makes me go even crazier but then all of a sudden it happens and so it's like I literally have this radar that like I know what's going on like what yeah and I can Mm -hmm. and it's like you same thing same conversations (laughs) yeah And then, you know, yeah, like a week or two later, it's like, remember a couple of weeks ago when I was like raising the alarm bells? That's Here it why. is. Here it is. Yeah. But yeah. it's, and I'm just like you, like I can, my body starts to go, I start to notice different cravings or different things, or I like the tension sets in and I'm like, okay, like, and I have to start to unpack it. Like, and is this mine? What's happening? Yeah. And I mean, I'm in a practice yes. of, I don't know if you have some tips to share, but for me, yeah. like in this practice of really being aware of that and working like daily to release it out of my body because. Yeah. And well, I didn't realize it recently, but my general thing is, so I mentioned I was a Reiki master mm-hmm. is I get up and I meditate every morning. And one of the things I do is I picture a light at the center of my being and the light grows around me. But then once that bubble of light is out, it gets covered in what looks like a mirror. So the oh, cool. I'm now in my own mirrored That's bubble. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then anything that comes to me is always returned as love. Um, so anything that's coming at me, it's always just, it doesn't come in unless it's love. Mm-hmm. And love when I'm mm-hmm. not doing that in the morning, so I, they started to spiral, I start to spiral or, or I have something go on that tires me out mm-hmm. and I don't get that done. And when I don't get that done, I'm taking everybody's stuff on. Uh-huh. And I just realized lately that, oh, I haven't been doing that lately. I haven't been doing my regular morning. Like I ground, I picture roots coming out of mm-hmm. my sit bones. Cause I'm usually sitting when I do it, but I picture roots coming out and I ground myself. And then I put this bubble on and, and then I go throughout my day. But once I get tired, I sit to meditate and I just breathe. Cause it's all I can do, but I need yeah. to consciously put that on every morning. Um, whether or not, you know, no matter what's happening, whether I'm in a good space, a bad space, cause the moment I stop that's everything comes in yeah and, and I'm still need some work on on the awareness sooner we'll say I think that's yeah. a beautiful tip especially for for all of, if any of you are listening um, who see parts of themselves in this and who have radar or you consider yourself a highly sensitive person <clears throat> this is such an indispensable practice and I I've read something recently where it's just so valuable for anyone, but especially for women to take 20 to 30 minutes in the morning, if you can, you know, get up earlier and really just plan your day in the sense of like centering, self-centering, what do I need? Can I ground it? Like, it's not so much doing yoga. It's not a doing thing. It's not an external moving of your body. It is an internal check-in of check of setting up that day from an energetic perspective that's going to serve you all day. And I notice, like yeah. I have a morning spiritual practice. If I don't do it, 
it's not like the rest of my day is shot because sometimes I just give myself permission to skip it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't do it, I don't have the same guidance and t- tuning in that I do for that day. And it's it's just yeah. interesting to notice how my day goes differently or something might set me off or I might, you know, have my hands into the chocolates or those, you know, <laughs> yes. those kinds of things. You yeah. know, I like a little confession to Jane the other day. I was like, oh my God, I've had half this box of chocolates in the last 48 hours. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? So what's going on, Jen? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> Let's I'm unpack I'm this right here right now. Just this. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I went to Purdy's and holy cow. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what you what you're speaking of, right? It's it's those little things. And I think, like you say, Lisa, the awareness piece is tricky. I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm same, same. Like I I have the tools, I have the skills, I have the knowledge, but putting it into practice is a practice. Um, Well, it's good. I was thinking, I was coaching someone today and when I was a bit in that space, so I was just hearing her before, but I've, I've stepped now back out of that space for myself and I'm able to push back on her as the Mm -hmm. coach and say, okay, no, wait a minute. This makes you feel better. Go do that right? No, this Mm -hmm. is going to like, she had to have a meeting with someone and, and was going like, "Eh, I don't want to go to this meeting. This person triggers me. I'm like, nope, that person's emails trigger you. When you go speak to them, you're fine. All right. And so having that external person is really helpful because to kind of remind you. So I was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, I need to go back and be seeing a coach more regularly. I have mastermind groups, but I don't have a one-on-one coach anymore that you know, that knows me well, that can say that stuff to me. Cause I've now gotten to know this person well enough that I'm like, okay, no, that's not what you want. And I can do that with her where it's like, you know, yeah. when she's kind of spiraling, I can say, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And stop her from spiraling and say, okay, that's not the truth. The truth right now is that once you walk into that meeting, you're going to feel better. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is what's going on for you. This is what's going on for them. Right. So you're clashing right now because you want them to take over and they want you to do this. <laughs> it's like, so, oh. yeah, it's so valuable yeah. to have that, that sound that right? Yes. And that, yes. The third, the yeah. neutral third party that can yes. help you unpack. And yeah, definitely. And sometimes that person's a counselor or a therapist or, you know, even coach a psychologist, or a friend, coach, yeah. a healer, any one of those, any one of those yes. practices that, support you in some way or another. And sometimes it's all of those. You might need a counselor yes. and a, you know, spiritual guide and a yeah. business coach. You need it's, a whole team. You do. <laughs> you know, we do. Oh, I feel I we do. I do. So I have a whole team. Like yeah. totally. Yeah. That is one of that has been one of my biggest self-care things over the last 5 yeah. years that I built for that exact reason. I started to see that I needed those people yeah. and they needed to show up in various different capacities for me. Yeah, Jen. I wonder if this is another way that women self-sabotage. This is to wind back to the, what we, where we first started, which I can't remember if we recorded. I think we recorded part of it. But where we self-sabotage and we buy into the idea that we have to do it all ourselves. We yes. don't need a team. And we don't have to. No, I can do it myself. This is I grew up saying this. I grew up very independently. Mm-hmm. I, I can do it myself. Don't show me. And at the same time, like that is kind of like my worst enemy is is – having to do it all myself and thinking I have to do it all myself and actually giving myself permission to delegate or giving myself permission to skip that day of spiritual practice and building that team around myself, whether it's group program or one-to-one support and coaching, building that team to help me thrive. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Just have to ask for it. Yeah. And also letting go of the need to tell them how to do it. Yeah. The control. Let them do it in their way. Yeah. So that was- uh, my friend and I talk about this all the time because her husband doesn't help very much. So um, mm-hmm. my boyfriend does, he does most of the cooking and he does like, there's a lot that he does here. So I, I can't, or can't really complain. I do sometimes, but I can't really complain. He does do a lot, but we were having this discussion and sometimes he'll do things and I'll tell him he's doing it wrong. <laughs> We're really good like, at what, that as like, women. Yeah. You know what? So then my friend's complaining and I'm like, okay, so just out of curiosity, when he does do what you're asking to do, what do you do? <laughs> she goes, yeah, I tell him he's doing it wrong. I said, get out of the way. They're going to do yeah. it a different way mm-hmm. because they're different. And the kids need that too. Yeah. They, they need that different. Um, we, and we need to let that go. I had, um, I was visiting someone and I took her son. She, they went to, we went to the park. I took her son to the park and I let him climb somewhere. 
I, I made sure he did it safely. Like he was climbing. So I climbed behind him and I made sure he didn't fall and whatever. And she said to me after, I never would have let him do that. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. She goes, nope, I'm just happy someone else would. Mm. And I was like, now that's like very open-minded of her and stuff because I felt bad initially. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, he, he asked to climb and I said, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I said, he's climbed it successfully five times. Mm-hmm. I said, but every time I'm behind him so that if he falls, he, you know, he doesn't fall all the way down the hill kind of thing. Um, but yeah, she, I thought how very open of you to recognize her own fears and be happy that her son was with someone who would let him do it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's, that's a very forward thinking person. I'll say. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it takes work to get to that place. Right. I mean, I've I've talked about this a lot too. And actually Jen and I were just sort of having a conversation about this the other day with this whole, like there is sort of this thing where we as if I'm speaking specifically about moms, especially, but Mm -hmm. like women, parents who, you know, we say we want all of these things. And we say, we don't want to carry this load, but then to exactly what you're saying, we have trouble letting go of the control. And I mean, mm-hmm. I always remember when my kids were younger um, and like sort of more toddler phase, whatever. And if I would go away on a work trip or a personal trip or whatnot, I literally, my husband's capable and I, <laughs> now I'm not perfect. I have other areas of my life that I'm still working on letting go of the control, but yes. it was interesting to see in this space where like, I don't know, I just really, I fully knew that I could just go, Hey, see you later guys. I'm gone for the weekend and leave him. I was always shocked by the number of my girlfriends or other women that I would be away with that were like, Oh, like I, I made the lunch for them every single day. I laid out my kids' clothes so that my husband knew what clothes he needed to wear every morning. I like literally they would plan out the whole time oh they my, were gone. Yeah. And I just kind of go like, and then they kind of, you know, and then there's a space of like, oh, like my husband doesn't know how to do any of this. I'm like, well, no wonder he doesn't know how to do it because you're mm-hmm. not even letting him learn. Yeah. Like, and so and then they get calls the whole time they're away. Oh my gosh. It just, I used to get that too when I'd go. And I, they were, they would ask me like, Lisa, you're not even checking in. I'm like, no, no, me too. Because they're not my kids. They're his kids. Yeah. But even with my own, like I wouldn't know for me, it was like, and he, and my husband would say like, you know what? It's easier when you do that. It's easier for me when you just leave it to me and let me figure it out and do it. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where with that whole, this whole sort of thread that we've been kind of talking about here with um the, the mother load um yes. as it's often called yeah. right um and I struggle with it because a I totally 100% believe it's real um I feel it I'm mm-hmm. I'm living it but b we're enabling it yes and so mm-hmm. and and I can see I've started to have the awareness where I'm still enabling it in my life but I also like you know in that example I'm like we're enabling so how do we how do we change this? And I think that's on us. So yeah, that I do too. That's to the we responsibility. Yeah, that's I was going to say. That's what we were supposed to talk about is it's on us to do that. But it's not easy because we've been trained for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, in that burnout book, they talk about the human giver syndrome, mm-hmm. which is what is put on women from the beginning. So there's a part of us that wants the freedom and another part of us that knows we're not supposed to have that freedom. So we're literally fighting in our own brains um, because it was just what was expected. And there were times like there's things that I think about when I was younger, I was thinking, you know, was that real for me? Because I'm the youngest. So I got away with a lot more than my siblings did for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I I remember a moment I I had knee surgery when I was about 19. And then it was my great grandmother's birthday. And I remember helping serve the table on crutches. Hmm. Why would I have been helping serve the table at that point? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, so, and, and then, and also being proud of that, that, no, oh, no, I'm fine. Look, I can keep going. No, mm-hmm. that's not something to take pride in. You had knee surgery, sit down. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't know how many days after it was or whatever, but, I, and I was clearly capable of doing it. And so I don't know what the balance is in there that of like, we need to sit down when we need to sit down but there's this expectation that we would get up and do that. Mm -hmm. And and if I think about it, I think now when my brother that have been expected of my brother and the answer is no. Oh, that's 
heavy. It, so it reminds me, Jen, what you were saying mm-hmm. the other day about the food and how there's, um, I can't remember what it was that you saw it on, but where they were talking about how like we've had cooks and chefs in homes oh, yeah. and food carts on streets for, yes. can I share that? Yes, I do. I remember this. So this was something that came up on my feed the other day about um, women, I think parents in general, but mostly women being expected to, you know, work all day, take care of the kids and prepare the family meal and prepare the meals every night of the week. And, and, and it has to be nutritious and has to be like, you know, organic and all these other pieces that Ooh, fall yeah. into place. <laughs> yes. And, you know, somebody very intelligently wrote, they're like, people have had cooks, um, people have community cooked people. There have been food stalls. There have been food vendors in cities and urban areas for thousands of years. Like there's evidence of this in the archaeological record. So there is no reason why a woman has to be a full-time employee, a full-time mom, and prepare perfect nutritious meals at home all the time. And I think that's partly like partly why some of these fresh boxes and the like the order to the food box to home and cook your meals at home, that's partly how that has taken off. Um, and at the same time, I feel like there's this unspoken guilt for ordering in or, you know, or the women take on the guilt for, I can't provide for my family. Therefore I'm a failure as a mom. I can't provide healthy meals for them. Let that shit go. Yeah. Because it is not, we have done this for thousands of years. We have raised children in community for thousands of years, whether you lived urban or rurally, Mm -hmm. there is always more hands to help and everyone pitches in. So where we've taken on this, I want to, I, it's kind of martyr syndrome, but it's also like martyr with the crown. I have to do everything. I can do everything. Look at me. Oh, I'm so exhausted. But look at me. I'm still doing everything. Oh, that was me. I called it the superwoman syndrome. Like yes, that was yeah. me when I, yes. after I had my second daughter and yeah. it's like, I can go and run my business full time and support my husband in his career that he travels and raise two little kids. No, I couldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's the thing I finally got to, I had to like put my pride aside because I really couldn't, I, my, everything was suffering for it. And now I'm okay to say, no, I actually couldn't do that. But at the time, oh no, oh my yeah. God, I, like, I, I struggled to, to admit that it was so, it was one of the hardest things I ever did. When I see, I get to those spaces now when it's all too much. So the kids have been dealing with something I'm, I'm thinking since about August, possibly longer but I saw their behavior literally go back to what it was when they moved in. So that was, they were in grade seven and grade eight. They're now like going to be 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. So we went back to behavior when they first got here, which was they were testing me and doing all of this stuff. And so I called them both out on it. I said, I don't know what's going on, but you are literally back to all the behaviors that we've like nipped over the last five years. What is going on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is this happening? But it takes, the problem with it is it takes me falling apart. And that's when I can admit, I can't do this. I can't. And and that's when I get to that space, I'm like, I can't do this right now. I can't run my business and do what I need to do in my business, which is right now pull in more clients and do more, you know, get myself out there more. Cause I took a bit of a hiatus this summer. So I needed to get back out there and, and be talking to people. And I can't do all that and deal with their anxiety and what's and what's going on for them because they're not telling me so I can't do what I want to do which is you know I'll go straight at a problem that's just my personality so I can't do what's natural to me and and handle all of this stuff and Jane like you my my boyfriend will say to me he's like you know the kids are fine I'm like no, they're not. Because <laughs> I'm not fine. I'm feeling it. I'm not okay. I know they're not okay. I know they're not okay because I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And he's like, no, they're fine. They're pretty good kids. I'm like, yes. yes. And yes. yes, they are good kids. However, yeah, they have so these things. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, what do you do? Like, so what, what works for you in those scenarios? What are some things that you can uh, share that? So, so this is my, this, and okay. So now this is the other guilt that comes in because I'm a coach. I'm not supposed to get there. Right. Yep. Yep. So this is what I've had to come Guilty. over in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story we were going to tell is how I got to where I was. Yeah. So I had half, I'll tell it very quickly. I had half my thyroid removed and um, it's not supposed to do this, but it, it exhausted me for like many years. 
literally I used to do P90X CrossFit, those kind of things. Now I could, if I did any of those, I ended up on the couch for two days. So I could actually do it. My body will still do it, but mm -hmm. then it takes two days to recover from it. And um, while I was going through that, my boyfriend and his two teenage kids moved in. <laughs> they were in grade seven and eight when they got here. So it just added all of this stress to me. I hadn't gotten the support from medical community. I was so angry. I switched doctors to go to a female doctor in the hopes she would understand better, mm -hmm. um, which is also a really big deal up here because it's really hard to just get a doctor. So for me yeah. to have been able to switch yeah. doctors was like unheard of. So I got this new doctor. She was a female and she did what the doctors do. When I went in and I said, I'm tired. <laughs> do you know what they do to women? They ask you if you're depressed. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, it's our first appointment. I'm not going to get angry at her though. The, my first, I wanted to kind of yell at her. Um, I'm not going to get angry at her. I'll just walk her through this. So I said, okay, I won't go on medication immediately. So what would we do like until we get to that point? And she said, well, we do cognitive behavior behavioral therapy. I said, oh, is that me sitting on the couch saying it's okay. Your life is fine. You're just tired. She goes, yeah, that's what that is. I said, yeah, I'm a life coach. So <laughs> oh my God, Lisa. we have parallel lives. <laughs> so, um, so, but then what happened was all of the stress of the kids and not getting the support from the medical community and everything else, it mm -hmm. all got too heavy on me and it like way too heavy. And I was literally laying on my bed thinking I want to die. Like, I just wanted to die. I didn't want to keep putting up with this stuff. And that was the moment for me where I went, okay, no, we, I don't think that way. That's not something that, that I'm even allowed to think. So what's going on? And I stepped away and actually started getting the support I needed. But that was one of the things I realized is Lisa's not allowed to be depressed because I had clearly, if, if you're thinking I want to die, you're clearly depressed acutely if, right. if you you know if you don't want to admit that you know you're in a chronic depression it mm -hmm. you know it was obviously cute I could get out of it but it was still depression and I had to admit that and that was really hard because I don't do that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be the strong one and I'm supposed so it was really difficult to get to that point where I even said it out loud Someone and my boyfriend said to me yeah my boyfriend said to me Lisa I've been wanting to say that to you for a little while um that you know, that I think you're now at the point of depression. He said, but I didn't want to say it to you because you were so mad at the doctor. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Cause I was mad at the doctor. I was like, come on, figure <laughs> yeah. this out lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so, you know, having done all, I mean, there's more to the story. It was, it was um, every part of me that my intuition told me not to have that surgery. And the surgery was a mistake. They thought they were taking out a lump that was 4.2 centimeters. It was 2.4. And they only took it out because they thought it had grown from 2.4 to 4.2 in six months, which is unheard of. Thyroid lumps are notoriously slow growing. Um, a very large percentage of women have thyroid lumps. If you're into the woo-woo stuff, it's because that's where uh, we're not heard. That's where our throat chakra is. We're not heard. Um, but we don't die of thyroid cancer. We die with thyroid cancer. So we could live with it for like years, lives. live till a hundred and, and have that lump in there. So the fact that they took it out, it was a mistake, all of this stuff. Um, I, I had to get to where I can admit when I'm there. So right now, when the kids are where they're at, again, I was starting to spiral again and I'm, I'm still working on the, how to get to it faster. I think I'm yeah. getting better <laughs> because I'm a little more willing to give myself the breaks now than I used to be. And I'm a little more willing to accept when life has been hard. I've been going through something since, um, since August that is really hard on my body. So I'm not ready to share what that is, but it's really hard on my body. And without, if I don't give myself that grace to say, Mm -hmm. okay, this was really hard on your body. Take a break. It's okay to take a break because the other thing that starts happening is when you run your own business, if I take a break, who's selling my business? Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. One. And what if exactly. I don't bring in any money next month? And, you know, so then you need the break, you know, you need the break, but there's this guilt of like, Oh no, you gotta go. You gotta go. Um, and so, and also we all, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but we also are all entrepreneurs. Like we have pride and a drive like we do yeah. this for a reason right 
So I think there's yeah. that too. I had that realization. I don't want to detract you here, but I'm just going to share that. Yeah. Like I had that realization this morning because I'm going through a bit of a season of this too. And yes, I can pull back on my business. And I was doing some journaling this morning and I'm like, my work is my creative outlet. Yes. Yeah. And that was a really big like, whoa. So there's that perspective of, oh my God, and I'm with you. Like, yes, if I'm not in working my business, I'm not bringing in clients, I'm not bringing in money. And then mm-hmm. I don't really have a business. No. Um, <laughs> and we but, need to eat. Right. So anyways, you just made me think of that, but I want to keep you on track here. So yeah. Yeah. So, so I am working to get better at getting this. And and those are the tools I would give is to say, okay, let yourself take a break and then listen to yourself when you're that upset. So when I'm saying, and I recently just did again, I was, and I feel bad for my boyfriend because he can't follow me when I do this because (laughs) I have a, he has like a, um, this is, we're going to work on this problem. Then we're going to work on this problem. Whereas for me, they all connect. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go at them and be like, money, kids, you know, <laughs> it's the feminine, it's the yeah, feminine listening, energy, we... listing all the things because they all connect. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, the kids aren't eating well right now. Well, they're both having a bit of a mental health breakdown. Well, mm-hmm. cause they're not eating any vegetables. You can't only mm-hmm. feed them pizza when I'm not here. You know, like, <laughs> Not that he does. He really does do a lot. He does do most of the cooking and, but you know, where he used to make a little bit of vegetables and then they would just have carbs and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. lunch. Uh, now they get like so many vegetables that there's enough for lunch. (laughs) So they get it two times a day, but it does make a difference. And I watch, and I know for myself too, that was the other thing for me is having taken on the stuff from the kids. I started eating a whole pile of chocolate. So after lunch, I'd really want some chocolate. One of the first things when I started to heal and to get better was I did a cleanse. It was called the wild rose herbal Mm -hmm. detox. I've done that one. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, and I've done it two or three times since, but on day three, my stomach was spasming. I was in so much pain. Um, and also by the way, awesome company. I called the company and I said, I don't think this is supposed to be happening. I can't eat. My stomach is spasming. Like what is going on? And she goes, any possibility you're full of candida. I said, actually, the intuitive who told me to do this cleanse told me I was likely full of candida. And she said, okay, I can see like, that's probably what's causing this. So she told me what to do for the rest of the day. I stopped the pills for a couple of days and then I went back on them and I have never felt better in my life. Like, I think I've always had this issue. Mm -hmm. So I had had pain in my legs and in my back and all of a sudden it was gone. I went away to a curling tournament and I used to like not be able to walk off the ice after the last game because my leg was in so much pain. I walked off with an achy leg because I used it more than usual, right? Like just the difference. Yeah. So then that's the other piece that happened is now I'm realizing, okay, after having gone through this summer, um, I'll just say a little out of whack and dealing with what I'm dealing with. I started to eat the chocolate again and have all the carbs and, you know, and do all of that again. So what have I done? I've let the candida grow again. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I started seeing the signs. And so I'm doing some things now, like doing a cleanse and things like that. So, so all of that (laughs) to answer your question really is I'm still working on it, but it's a full body thing. So I need to clean up my eating and what I find is the once I clean up my eating, I can then get back to what I'm supposed to be doing, which is doing my meditation every morning. And this morning I just sat, sat and went, okay, these kids are 17 and 18 now. And rightly so they blame me for decisions because I make the decisions for them. I can't do that anymore. What's the balance so that they don't feel that I'm, I've left them because their mom moved 12 hours from us. Mm. Um, she just up and left without telling them. So I don't want them to feel like I'm leaving them, but I also can't keep making the decisions for them. So they have to start taking their own self-responsibility without feeling as though they've been left alone. Mm -hmm. So it, but it took going back to eating clean for a week. Um, So I'm eating and eat a diet, which is effectively I eat meat and vegetables Mm -hmm. um, and some rice and, and and one fruit a day. Uh, So you have to be careful of all sugars. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So once I do that and you get myself back in a good place, then I can start asking those questions and figuring it out. I'm trying now, my hope now is that I don't have to get to the point where I'm angry with them anymore, (laughs) that I can get back on track um, before having to do that whole yelling piece where we finally get everything out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for 
our listeners, you've just given some great tips wrapped in that, uh, wrapped story. in that story. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. There's some great tips in there. If we want to pull some of those out, it's more, you know, it's less about doing everything for your family and more about tuning into what does your body need and what, what is, what is your body saying to you about this situation? Even, even if you haven't had a thyroid issue, or whether you have, or you have other surgical or non-surgical issues, it's tuning into that body space and going, what do I need right now to feel good and to move forward? And what can, what's a small change I can make right now to honor my body and honor where I'm at. And for you is, you know, that clean eating helps you feel better. Me too. Same thing. So when I, when I cut the crap and when I, you know, when I don't have alcohol and when I don't have, you know, <laughs> potato chips every week, it's yes. like, even though I love them, Jane and I both do, <laughs> it is one of those pieces that it makes a huge difference, you know, and my husband's doing a cleanse right now and he's like, he's having trouble sleeping because he's got such excessive energy and yeah. it's yeah. because he was numbing before with certain food choices and alcohol choices. So it's really going to that space of what do you need right now? So if you're a listener and you're having you know, if any of this sounds familiar to you, <laughs> take a look at those practices and pieces for your own life that can help you move forward. So, yeah. And Do I will you? say, well, I'm just going to say, speaking from experience as well, it's not easy. I, yeah. It's no. not easy to do that. Like, no. I mean, I, like I say, I'm in a season of it right now too. And I've noticed the same thing. My morning practice has fallen off and, and it's, it's always, it's that whole like, cliche thing that or not cliche um like murphy's law thing that when you need like it's it when you need the thing is when we drop it and yes but and so i, I think the other piece there is sort of self-forgiveness or compassion right that like it's yes. not easy i'm still struggling i i'm exactly what you share lisa like i know that i need to get that morning practice back i know that i need to find somehow figure out how to carve out a little bit more time for me to just be in that reflective space to whether it's journal or just meditate or sit in stillness and I'm not doing it. And so go ahead. And giving yourself the space. I was going to say, so the other reason I was able to do that this morning is because I'm doing this podcast with you guys right now. So I listened to your podcasts last night so that I knew you guys. Right. Aww. Yeah. And then I'm also doing another one this afternoon on on New York uh, talk radio, in New York, so I went in and listened to his podcast and this is all about health. And so I got to hear all of the reminders. Yeah. So it's not just what you're eating. It's what you're listening to. And so, yes. you know, while it was, you know, while yes, the eating has gone well. Also, I just spent an evening last night listening to positive podcasts, right. To make sure that I was ready for this. So what you're feeding yourself. Yeah, so a very good point, which is yeah. really, really hard. I find when I need to numb, I either scroll Facebook, but I had to stop doing that this summer. I, I had a bit of a breakdown this summer because of all of the anger around COVID mm -hmm. um, and the passports coming out and the, like, I'm very, I I'm very um, feeling conflicted on how I feel about all of that. Yeah. Um, and and what to do with it, because people who I thought were reasonable, rational people, the stuff they were putting on Facebook was awful. Mm -hmm. So I had to step away from that. But what I did is I downloaded a game. <laughs> so now I play <laughs> a game on my phone. Um, and, and I know those, how Surge knows when I'm getting better is the, the games get deleted off my phone. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nope, you're not allowed to do this anymore. <laughs> well, and this, this actually yeah. circles back again, to the owning or owning your shit yes. nicely. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. in what I'm sure, like, and I know and have the awareness, so I'm struggling right now to put those things in, in play for me. And exactly like you, I see my eating slipping a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling to numb. I'm, I'm just not, I'm even finding the other thing I've noticed is typically I really love my self-care practices. Like I really yeah. enjoy sitting down and like doing some journaling, putting on a meditation, maybe pulling some cards, I don't even have the desire right now. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, it actually like feels chore? like a chore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. It exactly. feels like another thing. It feels like a chore. However, I'm fortunate to get to the place now where this own your shit piece is unfortunately, I got to like take my own medicine, right? Is that yeah. I also know that unless I start to take responsibility and, and figure out how to get these things in, nothing's going to change. 
I'm just going to start feeling worse. And so that's like, that's the rub, right? Where it's like, ah, like, and it, it makes me, sometimes I do want to get angry about it. I'm just like, oh, like, I just don't want to. I think it's that spiral piece that where we, it's, and it's not the downward spiral in the dramatic sense of the downward spiral. It's just like one step down the spiral and then another step down Mm -hmm. and another step down. And all of a sudden you're like, you're 10 steps down where you were and you're like, wait a minute, but then you need to change direction. So it's like, it's, it's changing the the momentum of climbing back up to where you were and then climbing farther and reversing Mm -hmm. the spiral. But it's usually small tips, you know, it's like small things, small steps, Mm -hmm. like just don't try and do it all at once. Don't try and leap up 10 stairs at once. Yes. You know, you'll, you'll likely fall. (laughs) Well, and I think that's why, that's why I had to tell the story when you asked the question around, like, what do you do for that? I don't know. I, I, but I think Jen, you just put it in really good. Is that you just turn around and start stepping up the spiral. So first thing for me usually is, all right, I'm going back to clean eating and I have to warn the family that I'm doing that because then Serge and I plan meals around that. Mm -hmm. So we plan because I don't make them do it. Um, so I go back to, and that's everything, no potatoes, no starches, no, all of that's gone. Um, while potatoes are good for you, I don't want anyone to think potatoes aren't good for you (laughs) because they are, (laughs) they are superfood actually. Um, I watched a show on them and they're a superfood because they're so packed with nutrients Mm -hmm. and grow like everywhere. Um, so they're really good in a certain way, but they're not good for me. Yeah. So I have to cut them out at this time and that's okay. I haven't, what I haven't found yet. And that's through all of this illness is the balance that keeps me level. So I seem to go from either I'm eating all of it or I'm eating none of it. There's, yeah. there's, I haven't found the, okay, what's okay to allow in every now and then. Cause I feel so good. Um, oh, the other thing I was going to mention is for women, we also have a cycle. So pay attention to your cycle. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I eat with my cycle and it's, yeah. it's changed oh. my life since I have started doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't changed my eating to my cycle, but I've changed my exercising to my cycle. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't remember who I watched, but I watched someone who said that she said in the first, like the, so not the week that you're, um, not the week that you're flowing. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, not that week, but the following two weeks are your like most energized yeah. and then the yeah. week going in and the week of those are your two sort lower. of lower energy yeah. and you, you think should of it do in that. seasons. So those yeah. and even, weeks are I mean, spring and summer and then the yeah. fall is the luteal and then the winter is when you're bleeding. And it's okay. another, even applying that to work and to yes. just looking at your, yeah. your days, right? Like Jen and I talk about that where we're starting to shift some mm-hmm. of our, um, our work and knowing, okay, like those two weeks right after yes. where, depending where we're at in our cycles, but like, okay, that's where our creativity comes in and we're at our energy's up and we have the ability to produce mm-hmm. more, do more and get into that creative space. And then those other two weeks, it's like, okay, let's just like lower down slower down let's you know go into the more reflect yeah the reflection that type of thing so it's really fascinating when we start looking at it is in that way what I'm discovering is so I get frustrated when I get tired because I know how to control it now I do know how to control it so I get frustrated when I let myself get there where I need another weekend on the couch it drives me crazy especially if I'm home on that weekend because there's stuff I want to get done yes I get like that so it drives me like it, it especially if I'm in that that space but when I'm eating well, so this week I'm going, so I'm in the, you said uh, I'm in the fall. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the fall. So I, this week I'm in the, and I am in a, because of what I'm eating, because I've taken the last two weeks and eaten clean, I'm tired. So I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with my energy, but normally when I'm tired, you guys would see it right now. Like there's big bags mm-hmm. under my eyes. One of my eyes actually looks like it's lower than the other. When I get that tired, mm-hmm. like, um, and I see it in pictures. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> my eye fell down. Um, but it just, it, I'm normally that way, but this week I'm giving myself the space again, because I've put my body in a better space. Now my mental's in a better space. And even in that tired, instead of feeling like, Oh, good Lord. Cause two weeks ago, I was saying to Serge, like, I can't do this. I can't do all of this. I can't do it. And this morning I'm going, okay, I can do this. What does it look like? How do I, again, balance the not letting the kids feel like I've let them go, but also kind of push them to take on more self-responsibility. So it totally changes everything. And, and my mindset is just so much better, even though I'm tired this week. Yeah. I'm not as tired as I have been, yeah. I guess I'll put it that way. 
is an approach. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's the thing. I think you just summed it up there really well, right? Like <laughs> it's, it is taking responsibility if we want something to change, but that doesn't mean we take on responsibility for everyone else's stuff. And it yes. doesn't mean that we all of a sudden, like the weight of the world is on us. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different form of responsibility and of, yes. like of owning your shit. So I think it's, it's important to feel those different energies. Yeah. I love Jen. You did a, the, the, one of your solo sessions mm-hmm. uh, that was when I listened to I didn't know it was a solo session but okay. <laughs> and I started listening to it and you when you started talking about how you uh, you know you'd taken that big step to your husband not getting in a job right away um, and I thought that was incredibly brave of course that's what we're thinking out here and I thought the same thing for myself you know what what I've put my body through in the last year while continuing to run a business and you know and raising these two kids and that's freaking awesome yeah. And I would say that to you, but I don't say it to myself. Like, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to carry and mm-hmm. it's a lot to have done. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that more now because I also need to do it for the kids, which is remind them, Hey, look how far you've come. Exactly. You know, um, and it's not my strength, but I think it's so important to do because the more we do that, the easier it is to get back into uh, I think you guys called it our flow, <laughs> yeah. you know, back into the just so, yeah. flow. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that celebration piece is, is actually absolutely critical to us moving forward in a way because it lifts us when we celebrate and reflect on how far we've come. It lifts us and gives us the momentum to take that next step. Yeah. So if you are listening to this as a listener and you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, you haven't actually le- reflected and go, wow, what I do is a freaking amazing or you know like we talked reconnected with a friend the other week who works full-time at a school as a specialized tutor and then tutors at home when they get home and I'm like so you're working like 12 hours a day to support your family that's a whole other conversation but celebrating <laughs> how far and how amazing it is that you're providing the support for all these kids in such beautiful multifaceted ways to help them succeed. Can we just take a moment to celebrate how awesome that is? Cause mm-hmm. I don't have the patience to do that. Mm-hmm. And whatever you are in this world and whatever it is you're doing, however it is you're showing up, celebrate that and really recognize it. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. like, yeah, I'm awesome. So all of you listening, you're awesome. <laughs> Great job. Yeah. You are. <laughs> yeah. All of us were awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have anything else much more to add. I think this is a really that was a great conversation. Fabulous conversation. Yeah. It wasn't in how we started, but Dana <laughs> no. and I are going to record a separate a separate yeah. a separate <laughs> intro. We totally yeah. got through. I think it's such a worthwhile conversation. Um, any final words or a little last nuggets of advice, Lisa, before we let you go? Yeah, no, I think we said it. I, I think you're right. You, you just have to look at yourself and remember how awesome you are. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Oh. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest on No Halos here. Jane and I appreciate A, meeting you and B, having this rich, fun and fabulous conversation with you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, Is there any um, resources or any ways that people can reach out to you to find out more about you that you'd like to share? Uh, Sure. Probably my website is the easiest. It's, I can't remember if I put it, lmwcoaching.ca can't it's not.com.ca it will be in the show notes so yeah perfect so yeah that's probably the easiest way and then you can get all my social media through there fantastic thank you so much lovely to have you on lisa thank you so much that was fun (laughs) yeah good time juicy totally have a great time and um have fun in your outdoors adventures in this coming winter (laughs) take care Bye. bye Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.